All right, everybody, welcome to episode 184 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I am your host today, in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P. And sitting right across from me is, is nobody right now. Um, that is because uh, this week uh, we have a special guest, Mr. Eddie Torres from the RRBG podcast. Uh, this week, Art and I had um, some scheduling conflicts and we couldn't make it and i'm still battling a cold no guys it was not corona so um if you missed it last week uh, i had a bit of a bit of a you know nasal problem there so um i'm getting over it i'm i'm fucking built for strong but with that said we are still going to be pumping out the jams for you so with that said everybody please make you sh- make sure you check out our sponsors guys go to cavemancoffeeco.com Enter promo code AMERICA on everything upon checkout, and you'll save yourself 15% off. They got mugs. They got hats. They got shirts. They got apple cider vinegar. They got enemas. They got they got a whole bunch of stuff over there. That's what I'm just trying to say here. I'm not art. Art is usually handy with the steel when it comes to caveman coffee. But, guys, if you want to save yourself 15% off, just enter the promo code AMERICA at caveman coffee. As well as checking out our other sponsor, the great, the powerful, the flavorful. El Yucateco Hot Sauce. Guys, the kings of flavor since 1968. That is 50, 50 plus years of flavor town. So what you want to do is go wherever they sell food. Pick yourself up a bottle. Pick yourself up two bottles. Pick yourself up three bottles. Hell, pick up a six pack, 12 pack. However, however many you can grab your grubby little hands on. Getting all the El Yucateco off the shelves. And then posting yourselves on the social medias. Tagging us. Tagging them eating this delicious hot sauce and we'll send you out some badass merch and if you don't want to win merch you just want to go ahead and buy it yourself which i totally understand you know some people aren't gamblers hey you can't all be winners but what you can do though is that was fucking mean jacob sick jacob is a mean jacob what you can do though is is you can go to lucateco.com and enter promo code do america yeah so almost like caveman coffee but you know you're gonna do it do America upon checkout and you'll save yourself 10% off of everything that they have there. They got shirts, they got koozies, they got sunglasses, they got flip-flops, and they even got El Yucateco thongs for some reason. Please, Lord Jesus up in heaven, please don't let them have the little dental floss on the, the back of the, flong, the thong have any El Yucateco on it. But guys, they have a shop there. We can buy sauces as well as apparel and you can save yourself 10%. Why wouldn't you want to do that, guys? Come on. So with that said, everybody... Enjoy the following show. Art Jacob to America is presented by the good people at the Bod Belly Network. My fellow Americans. We are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on the wide field. 290 study on people. It's called Nimbocide. Google it, folks. Nimbocide. Google it, folks. The world's coming to an end. Everybody wanted everybody. All the details about the lines on this that we had in our possession. Tennessee, I know it's a Tennessee, 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 Tennessee
Welcome to the welcome to mid conversation to, to to Eddie and Jacob do America. <laughs> Sorry, Art couldn't make it, but like I was telling you um, about having protective like, doggos. Yeah, protective doggos. So about a month ago, um, no, two months probably because she got into some other stuff. My mom, she lives by herself, um, and we kind of like live like in a sketchy area of town um east bakersfield it's notorious for being kind of sketch but my mom lives in the nicer side of the east side you know where you know white people used to live and <laughs> fucking so like in the middle of the night like 2 a.m i want to say like on a sunday night or sunday morning saturday night uh, she all of a sudden she just hears like all, all of her dogs going wild and she has a bunch of indoor dogs like a couple of chihuahuas and shit and um she's like what the hell like what are you guys barking at and so my mom just like yells at him like shut the fuck up and then like goes back to bed and then all of a sudden she just like you know a couple minutes later she hears him again and so she's like what the fuck is going on so she peeps out her window and there's this gigantic dude out there like probably you know Shaq's dad you know just you know peeking into her window and then all of a sudden makes a beeline to the front door and is trying to like open up the door with like a crowbar or something. And my mom's like, holy fuck. So she jumps on the, you know, phone calls the cops or whatever. And they like every fucking police officer in Bakersfield ascends onto her house and, and shit. But she's like, man, I would never would have known somebody was at my door. You know, because the dog. Yeah. If it wasn't for the dogs, I mean, they're just like two, two pound chihuahua mutts or whatever, but she was just like, for a while, I was thinking about getting rid of these dogs because she's 60 years old. She doesn't have time to be cleaning up pee and poop inside the house anymore. Yeah. And so she's like, I was thinking about just giving them to you, Jacob. And I was like, oh, thanks, mom. But she goes, as of right now, but no, not now. She goes, I've, if anyone ever tries to, you know, do anything, you know, like I want to have that heads up. Yeah. The, Chihu the Chihuahuas are basically like um, the, the, tr the broken glass by yeah. the front door you know so that when you hear somebody step on it you're like oh someone's here yeah the, you know yeah they, <laughs> they're they're an alarm system they're not really they're not going to hurt anybody no but, they, but they'll let you know there's someone at the front door for sure oh yeah <laughs> let you know you need to open up the back door and let the two 200 pound german shepherds in and shit <laughs> for sure man sure but anyways um we were originally supposed to have you on for uh the comedy store episode um, just because you're my dude that, you know, I talked to about all the comings and goings of the comedy store. Um, but I mean, I still want to, I'm still hot for that topic. And I just want to know, like, if you have any experiences, you know, dealing with like entities or ghosts or any like third hand stories that you've heard, because you're friends with many comedians there at the comedy store about, you know, any of the hauntings that go on there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the place definitely, uh, I'm very sensitive to uh, supernatural shit. Uh -huh. um, you know, I grew up around Santeria. I grew up around a lot of shady shit that, <clears throat> you know, I don't have any proof. I, I can't prove anything to anyone, but I'll tell you, I believe it. And I'm not crazy that I know of. I'm, I'm a little crazy, but not <laughs> like that. Um, but there's definitely the second you go in there, there's a vibe of there's something going on in there that's obviously aside from the comedy shows a lot aside from the the live aspect of it there's something deeper going on and uh i because i grew up in that like around haunted houses around santeria and all that 
I knew how to kind of be accepted by whatever is in the halls in the, in the walls of that place. Um, they let me in there, you know, I've got, I've got clearance, uh, thanks to many a rituals that my old padrino would do like smacking me around with palm frongs and cigar smoke and chicken eggs and, (laughs) you know, all kinds of crazy shit. So I'm allowed in those walls, which is cool. Uh, I'm, I'm very grateful, but there's definitely something going on. Um, talking to a lot of the comedians, you know, there's times where doors will just close for no reason. No one closed it. There's no one there. There's no security system or automated door shutting situation. Mm-hmm. It just closes. Sometimes the lights will flicker on and off in certain rooms, uh, you know, down at the, the, the back bar and shit like that. Uh, the, the hall, the, there's a little alleyway in the back where, you know, m- most comedians would go hang out after shows and there's always like a vibe of, of you know, we're all going to die here Final Destination style because it's literally right underneath this giant cliff. Mm-hmm. And the cliff is all rocks and mud and shit. And like there's only like a tarp on it to yeah, prevent rocks. Thing. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's going to kill us all. Like one day <laughs> we're, gonna, we're just going to be here smoking a joint and then... Ugh, like it, 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 we're tempting the, go, the the spirits, you know, I mean, thankfully, we, you know, I don't think uh, they're angry. I'll give you that. Mm. I don't get bad vibes from being there. I just feel that, you know, you, there is a protective vibe. Mm. I think that the, the whatever spirits are in the halls of, of the comedy store are there to protect the comedian. Sure. OK, that's good to hear, because um, we had Greg Edwards on um, comedian. He's actually more of a regular at, I believe, uh, the Laugh Factory or the improv, I should say. And um, he was talking about that too, like where he just gets like that vibe, like head on a swivel. And I always got that vibe too, like especially like walking up to the belly room, like that's where, you know, I get get that vibe the most from. And then when you research the history on it, you know, it it was basically, you know, a legal abortion clinic, you know, up there in the belly room. Some say that that's how it got its name or whatever. I don't know. You know, there's I mean, there's a lot of abortions that happen on the stage up there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, yeah, I've heard the, the, the abortion clinic thing. And uh, I mean, I guess that's possible. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing to really confirm it or deny it, you know, and then that place, not the hotel, but that other building that's next door to the comedy store. It's, mm-hmm. Seems like it's always a different business every time I like go and venture there. Like one time I believe it was like a like a high end like exclusive sushi bar. Another time before it was like a fucking fucking city hall thing or whatever. I don't know, but I guess it's a restaurant used- now. I think some kind of seafood restaurant. Right. Now. Okay. There you go. And um, I guess that used to be like a brothel, and like the girls that used to you know be employed there, you know, when they get knocked up by you know. Uh, 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 Mickey Cohen's uh, uh, underlings, you know, Mickey they work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Mickey Cohen. Yeah. He was actually like the godfather basically of, uh, you know, the sunset strip, mm-hmm. I guess like, you know, they would take him over to the belly room, do little, little back alley abortions or whatever. And then like some girls, you know, passed away, you know, cause at that time it was illegal and whatnot. Uh, but you do get like that weird vibe. Now you were saying like when you were, um, you were, you know, growing up, you, you had to deal with Santeria. Many of our listeners have heard, you know, my story about my house that was possessed and had to have two exorcisms done and shit. Uh, check out our next episode with Emily Panic, uh, where I retell that that story. But um, yeah, I get those same exact vibes. 
And like you were saying, where it's just like, hey, I kind of have that clearance because I think if it's an evil spirit, it's going to feed on your negative energies. And, you know, since I've already, I guess, survived, you know, Satan's attack, <laughs> you know, on my house when I was a kid. Yeah. Like I kind of recognize like the vibes and like kind of what to do. And if you feed it that negative energy, it's only going to grow. It's like a black hole. But yeah. if you, you, you know, continue to give it good vibes, which comedy is like the perfect antidote, you know, cause it's nothing but good vibes. You know, if you, you see uh, Tony Hinchcliffe or Andrew Santino totally murder it on stage, you know, you're giving a contagious good vibe, which is like a, a beautiful parallel. If like the comedy store is truly haunted, you know, and there's, you know, bad vibes there, what better way to counteract that with, you know, the world's greatest comedians. And that's not even a, an exaggeration to say. So it's, it's kind of like a balance in the universe. It's like Thanos, if you will, <laughs> with the knife. Well, I would venture to say that that is one of the reasons why there is such a, a high level uh, turnout, not turnout, churnout, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But mm -hmm. the comedy store produces really great comedians, makes people really, really funny. Like not that the comedy store makes you funny, but some of the best comedians in the world come out of there. And I think it has to do with that vibe as well. Like a lot of comedy to me, I believe uh, comes from tragedy. Mm -hmm. So it fuels it. It creates that energy for like you to come out and be a funny comedian. Most comedians are messed up. Uh, some of them are not some like Steve Simone's great. He's always had a good life and he's been happy and he's a hilarious comedian, but the majority of the comedians are coming from a back, like a fucked up background. And so that negative energy that's in the building is probably feeding the comedians to, to you know, use that energy to create comedy. Yeah. If that makes any sense. I, it totally makes sense. One of the darkest periods in my life, and I'm not going to go into it. It's probably like around the year 2011, like darkest fucking period. And, you know, Facebook does this cute thing where it like, you know, sends you like seven years ago, you said this on Facebook. And I look at it, I'm like, holy shit, that was fucking hilarious. You know, and that's to, to your point where it's just like it does come from a comedy. You know, it's centered in truth. You know, that old saying, like, it's only funny if it's true, which I believe in. You know, most of the best comedians, like whatever they're saying, there's some element of truth to it. But it also comes from a source of pain, you know, where you're 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 trying to exercise that pain out with again, to make that Thanos uh, reference, like you're trying to balance out your own self with with comedy, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that. Yeah, and I think that applies to all art forms. Music, mm -hmm. most really good music comes from a place of pain. Yeah. Blues and, you know, all that. It, it comes from all of my songs were, for, you know, uh, with Sever were all written from pain. Like, and, and I would have people tell me that. Like, and I, and I remember thinking, playing a show and feeling great. Like, oh my God, that was a great show. We, you know, we killed it and uh, feeling really good. And somebody would walk up to me like, you are in a lot of pain. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I feel good. Like, <laughs> like, no, no, no. Like you're in your music. I'm like, Oh, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Uh -huh. Just so, and, and some of my favorite musicians all uh, have pretty messed up upbringings that, that make them create beautiful things. Also painters, artists that paintings, a lot of that, a lot of those people suffer as well. So it's a human experience, you know, to me, like, 
it's nice to hear like you know like a like a nice glossy pop song you know it's like it's like eating sugar you know it's it's great to have that every once in a while but you can't live off of that and that's what makes great art is like when it mirrors that human experience one yeah. of my favorite bands of all time metallica you know james hetfield you look at his background you know how he was raised all the loss he's experienced whether it be from his mom to his dad to cliff burton to dealing with like his inner demons is his uh addiction problems and whatnot like i think that's what draws a lot of people to to metallica just because it's like oh here's this super alpha male but he has like this human element to him that you know many people can relate to and i think that's what makes a band like metallica special you know when they have that that element yeah and i also think that negative uh going back to the comedy store that vibe in the store um is also what brings in the right audience. And I know the audience at the store is known to be kind of brutal mm-hmm. for certain comedians, but I think that's the, that they're attracted to that place because of that vibe. Mm-hmm. We can all be there and be fucked up together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm sure you've, you've been to all the other major uh, comedy venues as well, Laugh Factory, uh, the Improv and whatnot. And those are great places, you know, and it, you yeah. grew up on the East Coast. Um, I still want to make once, you know, COVID's over and shit, like I do want to make a, a venture out to the Comedy Cellar, which is, you know, New York's, you know, big comedy club. Yeah. Not so big, but it's, you know, the biggest name out there. But you, I want to go there. No, so that place is awesome. Yeah. yeah and I'm sure it has like some history to it as well. But with all of that said, you know, I've been to the Laugh Factory in Vegas and Long Beach, like all, all of those places, even here in town, there was a couple of places. It's just like, there's always that, you know, like, oh, this is fun. It's a happy place, you know, mm-hmm. while it's here, but then it just becomes another building after that. But something about the store. And I was watching the Showtime documentary about the comedy store where it's fantastic. I love it. I can't wait till the next episode comes out. This is like Game of Thrones. It's like, gotta have the next hit. Yeah, it makes me feel so good, dude. Cause I mean, I, since, for the last two years that's the only place i go to in la Mm -hmm. and during the quarantine this is all i'm doing is going to the comedy store i'm i'm and i'm i shouldn't even be doing that because obviously we're in a pandemic yeah but i need it i need that one night a week where i go to the store and hang out with some of my friends and and let out uh (laughs) everything that's been building for the week and all the crazy shit that's on tv and you know the elections and everything i voted Thank you. Good job. I'm proud of you. Yeah, thanks. Took me two seconds, guys. I filled out the paperwork. I kind of knew what I was getting, you know, who I was voting for. And then you just put it in this envelope and drop it off in the ballot box. Mm-hmm. And then I went, I got a, and then I went, I got a taco <laughs> and I put some of this stuff on it. That's hey, right, baby. You got taco. This episode is brought to you by El Yucateco, both from the RRBG podcast as well as Art and Jacob Do America. So, yeah, yes. I bet you, you probably saw my post today. I made two breakfast tacos today and I put that shit on there. I made I made a little Halloween theme. I put the orange and I put the black up on that shit. Yeah. Beautiful. Halloween style. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, what was I saying? Just the, the store is a special place where I feel it feels magical being there. And I know that sounds silly. Like, oh, it's magical. No, Disneyland uh, has the same fucking effect. You know, I don't like the rides at all at Disneyland, but something about just walking through, like my girlfriend, every girlfriend I ever had in my adult life, like they always drag me to Disneyland. And at the end of the night, I'm like, oh, there's something there. You know, just yeah. there's an energy there. Well, there's a lot of fucked up shit in Disneyland too. So. 
that is that, true that we yeah. don't we don't get told uh <laughs> yeah. but uh but yeah the the store like i said very magical place i think there's definitely something going on there vibe wise um it is definitely like you mentioned the other clubs flappers and laugh factory and all that they always have a goofy vibe to them and it's mm-hmm. a good thing it's like me i go let's go have a goofy fun time <laughs> but uh but when I want to go laugh at someone's pain, that's I go to the comedy store. Yeah, because there's <laughs> a, an element of truth there where I believe it's like Mitzi's old energy where in the documentary, I believe it was Chris Rock that said this. He was saying that he goes, all of this doesn't get, you know, get made this all of this doesn't last if she wasn't brutally honest with you like i believe they did like everybody does their impression of her like you're not funny you need to change this and it's just like she goes that's what you know these comedians needed is to be told like what how to improve their act i mean i mean who came out of there and like when that place opened it was like jay leno david letterman um Freddie Prince, you know, 19 years old, you know, becomes the biggest thing, you know, in the 1970s and shit, but they don't get that, you know, that, that boost, you know, if there's not somebody telling you like, that's not good, change this, do this. And I was actually listening to, I believe Tiger Belly, I believe Polly Shore was on Tiger Belly recently this week. And he was talking about like his mom as well. Like he, he, he would, he would say that, you know, she helped, you know, even craft his dad's, you know, comedy act who opened up for Elvis in Vegas and would just be just brutally honest. Like, this is the love of your life. You never want anybody just saying like, oh yeah, that's great. You know, just constantly just sucking you off, telling you like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. You need to have like that, that stone that's going to sharpen that knife. And I think that's what, when you see comedians at the comedy store, every single one I've ever, you know, ran into on that front patio I always go up to him like, Hey man, I loved your set, man. I appreciate it, man. And they always without flinching, just like, you know what? I could have done this better. Um, I could have, you know, I could have said this, I messed up on this part. And I was like, really? Cause I couldn't tell because that was literally better than any HBO special I've seen from any other comedian in the last year. Just like your set live here in the comedy store. And they're like, nah, man, I, I got to tighten this up. I got to do this. And it's that energy. Whereas you go to those other places and I'm not, dissing any of their comedians or whatever are their regulars because they're funny as fuck way funnier than i'll ever be but like it's you know you run into them like oh yeah thanks man i know (laughs) yeah yeah at the comedy store it's different it's just like yeah no i gotta be that much better it's like the difference between a championship you know basketball team or baseball team or ufc fighter and then somebody's just like continuously going to be in the mid card yeah you know constantly getting the yes people it's just going to inflate your ego and uh, the the comedy store is brutally honest, and it's and it's a it's a place that is meant to work out. It's mm-hmm. not that's not your you know the your big shot is not the comedy store because oh I performed open mic at the comedy store like that you're that's not gonna make or break you yeah what what but going there and getting sharpened by the people like hey you should tag with this or hey you should cut out these words that's why I like Kill Tony so much because it's like school. Mm-hmm. You know, it basically, you know, obviously you're making fun of people too, if they're really, really bad, but, yeah. uh, but for the most part, there's constructive criticism and, and that's important. And, and it's important in every craft too. Like, uh, and it, and it's, what's more important than having that is being able to accept that because a lot of people don't like a lot of you, you know, I have friends will send me music all the time for the podcast. Like, Hey man, 
check out my band, uh, you know, would love to do the podcast and then I'll put it on and it's just amateur hour and I'm not trying to be a dick. I just immediately hear flaws like, hey, there's no bass. Where's the bass? The bass is buried in the mix. It sounds like shit. Your drum kick, your kick drum sounds like a cardboard box. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Fix this, fix that. But I'm not going to say all of that until they ask me for it. And like when they're like, hey, so what do you think? And I'm like, do you want honesty? Or do you want me to tell you your shit's awesome so that you can keep doing it? And I can motivate you to keep going uh, positively by telling you, yeah, man, great job. Keep going, dude. Keep the grind. Fuck all yeah. Your dreams. yeah. <laughs> all your dreams, bro. Keep doing yeah. it. Or do you want me to tell you that your kick drum sounds like shit? Yeah. And you're going to hate me for it. Like, that's the thing that a lot of people end up hating you because you're being, oh, you're, you're a dick. You're, you know, but I think that's, bro, why are you being an asshole? It's like, I'm not being an asshole. I'm just telling you what it is. That's, but that's immaturity. I think like there, I think there, there, I mean, there are people that are assholes out there that, you know, totally like tear you down for no reason. You know, having a podcast for the last three years, you know, I've heard it all. Yeah. Um, but the maturity of it is, it's like, okay, here's what they don't like. What can I do to tighten that up? You know, and that's, that's what separates the true craftsman craftsmen is people that want to hear that and then go, let's fix it. Correct. I mean, even Usain Bolt didn't just, you know, run out of the womb, you know, a world record, you know, racer, you know, he had the, he had, he has coaches, you know, even your, even the greatest UFC fighters, you know, Khabib, John Jones. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Who's the goat. But these these people, you know, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, like no matter who you're talking about, they had to have a coach to tell him like, hey, this is what you need to do, you know, to improve, you know, your your craft. And it's up to you to be mature enough to mature enough or not to take that in and and apply that to what you're trying to do. You know, and I think going back to the comedy store, that's that's the beautiful part about it. You know, you get to see your heroes you know i consider a lot of those those guys that are up there like my my comedian heroes you know like get that you know that's when you see them hanging out you know i've I've eavesdropped on a couple of conversations where you know they're just like you know they're it's like a circle of just like constructive criticism like hey you should take this out or hey instead of closing on this joke you should open with this joke yeah it's always about improvement man and you know, not only do people need to be mature enough to accept the criticism, but I also think they need to be appreciative that they're, they're even having someone that wants to coach them at all. Cause I don't have that. I've never had that. All I got is me like, all right, I guess I got to figure it out. Yep. You know, the, no one gave me a strategy guide. Yeah. So I got to figure it out. And thankfully it's worked, but it's a lot more work. You know, if I had someone come up to me and offer coaching, I would totally be into that. Uh, But what I end up doing is just pretending that certain people are coaching me, even though they're not really coaching me. You know what I mean? Like I'll surround myself with people that I know are successful at what they're doing and not, and not just the weird Hollywood, you know, let me cling on to coattails. uh, You know, let me hang out with celebrities so I can get some clout. Like, no. It can come off as that a lot. Like a lot, of, some of my old buddies from Miami and and old friends of mine are like they think I'm some like Mr. Hollywood now. It's like that's not what it's about, man. No. I'm here to hang out with people that are working and are working hard at their craft because I want to learn. So, like for example, I consider Barnett a coach, even though he's not my coach. And you know, you ask him, he'd say, "No, I'm not coaching him." But hanging around the War Master, 
I learn a lot of shit, man. Just how to behave around people. Just how to how to be a fucking decent human being. And a, right. you know, also witnessing some you know wrestling self defense techniques as well. But Tony Hinchcliffe, he's a friend, but I also consider him a coach. How do you get successful? How do you build a show? How do you bring an audience in? Like that's all stuff you can learn from people, and people need to have that uh, appreciation for for learning that a lot of people don't have their ego gets in the way mm-hmm. it reminds me of, i don't watch this show um but for whatever reason it was on and i was too lazy to get up and change it but it, it, it the one of the people on there one of the coaches i guess you could say on there uh, it was shark tank i never watched this show but they were there was a lady on there she was trying to pitch like a duvet cover or whatever right and she was selling it you know she did a great job of like you know, QV, QVC selling it, you know, to the average uh, person, but she was just like, you know, this is going to change your life. You know, it's easy to clean. It's easy to take off. Blah, 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 blah. And like one of the people was like, well, how much is it? And she said something like, you know, $380 or whatever. And they're like, oof, you realize, you know, middle America like is not going to want to purchase a $380 duvet cover for their $20 Walmart comforter. And she goes, well, what are you going to do? Because, you know, you're not going to get a ton of sales because of this, you know, you need to have some kind of strategy. Do you have you thought about outsourcing it? Have you thought about doing that? She goes, no, no, no. I want to do it this way. And it's only going to be done this way because, you know, that's what I envisioned and it's going to be successful because of that. And then you have like six or seven people up on that stage who are successful business people saying like, well, well, no, that's cute that you have this idea in your head that that's this is how your story is going to be playing out but there's millions of people every single year that try to start a business or follow a dream and they get crushed because they don't want to listen to the advice that we're saying like have you thought about hey yeah you might have to degrade the quality a little bit or offer a sub product underneath this great product that you're offering but realistically are you going to be able to support a family on this are you going to be able to sell you know a share of this to a you know a rich investor that's going to take this product to that next level that you want you know are you going to be able to do all this and she's like yeah because i'm going to stick to my plan because this is my dream and if i and it's just like no you're not hearing us and i believe it was mark cuban who said it owner of the mavs he goes everybody lies to themselves but when you when you there's at a certain point where you need to you know forget your own lie and start listening to the truth you know because if everybody just followed their dreams then those dreams would be meaningless after a while if everybody was a superstar if every if every podcaster was joe rogan joe rogan wouldn't be special you right. know if if every comedian was richard pryor comedy wouldn't be special like there's always got to be those those people that are the cream of the crop because, you know, they've listened, you know, Joe Rogan even talks about that, you know, like when he started his podcast, him and Red Band, like it was just them farting around with s- snowflakes or whatever in the background or whatever. But he goes, the reason why it is where it is, where, you know, Spotify gives him a hundred million dollars, Conor McGregor money to do what he's doing is because he listened to like, okay, I'm, I'm going off on all these crazy, you know, Alex Jones tangents. I'm going here, there and everywhere. I need to I need to, you know, be concise with what I'm saying. I need to, you know, clean up my Boston accent, you know, just talk a little bit more proper, a little slower so people can hear me. And it really shows because you go back and you listen to like Joe Rogan episode 20. And then you listen to one of his latest episodes with Alex Jones, where Alex Jones is like all over the place, like, oh, the liberals, the globalists, this, that, or other. And like, you know, Joe Rogan's like, you know, 
wait, hold on, just stay here for a second. Quit going all over the place. Yeah, I really appreciated that from the Alex Jones this this time around. It seems like Joe's learning, uh, uh you know, how to control the be- the beast of yeah. Alex Jones because <laughs> yeah. it is important to some, you know, because look, that's a controversial figure, Alex Jones. Uh, I grew up thinking he was great. Uh, I watching him in um. Waking Life, the movie. He had a rant on that movie that was really great. He also, you know, when 9-11 happened, he kind of sucked me into that whole thing for a bit. And, uh, you know, I always knew he was kind of, you know, over the top, like like a pro wrestling character, right? Exactly. So I kind of, you know, I just saw it entertaining. And then he kind of got in the territory where I was like, okay, this is getting a little weird and dangerous. And then, you know, he says a lot of stuff that's true as rogan pointed out mm-hmm. but he also says shit just to say shit and i yeah. i'm cuban i speak shit that's one of our languages mierda. we know yeah. how to fucking talk, talk shit. shit yeah yeah so i see right through him you can't bullshit a bullshitter so yeah. uh you know i i get it and but i appreciate rogan like calling him out like where did you hear that let's yeah. pull it up because no like that's and that's kind of what we need to do because everybody's like, oh, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. And then like, oh, the censors are censoring us. They're censoring us. It's like, we don't need to censor people, but we do need to stop people that are spewing bullshit into the world like it's fact. Mm-hmm. Can't have that. That's Correct. just how you create fake news. Correct. You know? Yeah. Bullshit. I, I 100% agree with you on that because it, it is a controversial subject when it comes to like, you know, Twitter or Facebook, you know, banning or you know, taking out posts or whatever. We see it with the president all the time, yeah. but it's, it's when those people it's, and it go back to like maturity, but it also is like laziness too. Art and I always talk about this where, you know, people will see like a meme or they'll see somebody like an Alex Jones or, or the president, let's just face it. Or, you know, or, or some politician it doesn't have to, we don't always have to say Donald Trump, but you know, it, it happens on both sides where somebody will say something and people won't follow up with it like Joe Rogan does with Alex Jones, where it's just like, well, well, well AT&T and Gavin Newsom and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, wait a minute, let's fact check this. Let's see what, what was really said here. And it actually just it, it, it's like there's only a kernel of truth uh, on this whole big supersized bucket pop bucket of popcorn that, you know, like the complete story is a lot different than what the actual narrative right. is. And I think I mean we're all busy people who has time to fact check everything that everybody has ever said in the history of everything. I mean, I'm sure I've said a lot of bullshit on this podcast. Oh, right. well, I, 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 I fucked, I fucked up and, uh, I have an upcoming episode that's going <laughs> to drop soon with Jesse Hughes of Eagles of death metal. Nice. And, uh, I was, <laughs> I was putting it together and editing the footage and, uh, there's just a couple of things that Jesse says, and I'll go ahead and say it here. So people, if anybody, any of my fans are watching, uh, this is what happened. I got very high, very, <laughs> very high, very stoned. I smoked yeah. a lot of weed when I got to this place, Jesse's house. Um, crazy house, dude, just stuff everywhere. You know, just every corner you looked, there was some kind of memorabilia statue, a mask, a old VHS tape, you know, like, it was an entertaining spot yet. Yeah. And he's an entertaining person. I mean, he's a rock star. And yeah. but he's known to say controversial shit. And he was, he said a few things. Like there's a whole conversation we had about how ET is a pedophile story. 
So uh, it's interesting. So he does say some things, and I was so high that I'm sitting there like this, and I don't even like react. I just kind of nod, and it seems like I'm agreeing with him. I'm not. <laughs> it's not that I don't agree with him. It's just if you hear some fucked up shit on the, that episode, and I don't react or fact fact check him. Sorry. There we okay. go. Do what you got. If do. I don't fact check him. Uh, it's not because I don't care. It's just because I was out of my mind. Dude. Yeah. And I, I, we've all been there. Uh, the earliest episodes of this podcast, so we would get around and, you know, drink. And I'm not much of a drinker, to be honest with you. You know, I tried not to do that. But uh, we had uh, actually a third co-host where it teetered on like he he needs help. Like that's how bad his drinking was. And there was a time where a, a TV studio was looking at us to actually, you know, put us on one of their episodes um and they were listening to some of the episodes and they're like um well if you come on uh, do you mind like cleaning up what you're saying because some of that stuff isn't necessarily true and you know me being you know business end of it i'd have to be like well okay you got to understand like you know they drink beforehand and sometimes you know we'll take a shot or whatever just to kind of loosen up and, and whatnot and you know that's probably why you know we're, we say something that maybe we don't necessarily mean, or we're we're trying to joke, and it just doesn't you know come across that way. And and I think that's why we kind of lost that um, deal. Is and they don't want they don't want to hear that. They want to hear yes, ma'am. We'll mm -hmm. clean up right away. Yeah, and yeah, that, I, I get what you're saying on that because it's just like I listen because I'm the one that edits all these shows together, so I have to listen to everything. And I cringe all the time at some of the shit I say. <laughs> I cringe some of the time with some of the shit that Art says. Like he's super left wing, and I believe one time, like he was like making the pitch about how Mitt Romney should be president and all this stuff. And I'm like, you realize that like you said that? And he was like, oh man, I, my bad. I had a death tone before <laughs> we recording and shit. But I mean, I get what he was saying. But then dealing with like all the DMs after that, where it's like, what the fuck is Art saying? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, I get that. And it's just like. At the same time, like to go into what we were saying, though, it's just like you kind of got to follow up like whatever that you hear, you know, especially during election times, like whatever people are saying, try to get two, two or three conflicting sources of what they're saying. So that way you can come to your own conclusion. Don't just take anybody at their word. Even me. Don't take me at my word for everything. Try to have a full spectrum of yeah. opinions on stuff. Well, that's what I do. That's what I try to do. But it comes off like then people call me a communist. So <laughs> uh, they're like, you got the beard to go with it. So whatever. Like, I, I get it. Cuban. I'm Cuban. Cuban. I mean, I look like young Fidel. <laughs> I might just take over the entire country. You hey, never he, know. He was throwing dick, though, when he was young. So, I mean, hey, that's a compliment. Dude, I got to tell you, you know, a lot of people and a lot of Cubans forget this, too. I, I told I talked to a group of Cubans. Uh, all the time from my old high school days. We have a WhatsApp group chat, uh -huh. and uh, you know, a couple of them are uh, they're they're calling me a communist because uh, I'm not voting for Trump. They think that any anything that's not a vote for Trump is a communist, mm -hmm. and and I'm not gonna go into the details of like yes or no, I agree, whatever. But basically, calling me a communist, and I'm like, do you understand the the? Okay, let me let me break this down to you, Cuban history. Batista was a dictator in Cuba before Fidel. When Fidel came out, people loved him. You understand? People love Fidel. My side, some family members of mine love Fidel. He was, he had a good idea. Let's dethrone the dictator. That sounds like a good idea. Let's free the people, right? Awesome. 
what ended up happening after he freed the people and freed the island with his troop of friends is that he started hanging out with Russia, right? Mm-hmm. Becoming friends with them and then eventually becoming a communist and becoming a communist. That's the same person he went in there to take care of. And I'm sorry, but when you Google Trump these days, I see pictures of him and Putin all the time relating with Russia, relating with other communist nations. So I'm sorry, the blue side of the communists, then why is he hanging out with communists and being friendly? I mean, that's what happened to Fidel. You know what I mean? Everybody loved Fidel. And then bloop, there was a switch. And to strengthen your point a little bit, and I get all the criticism about Joe Biden. You know, I, I, me too. The guy's fucking senile and p- potentially a pedophile. I don't know. I've seen really creepy videos of him smelling little girls. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I, pretty I, weird. I'm not one of those people that all of a sudden is going to sit down and worship, you know, the nominee. He's there to, he's, he, he, I'm not his employee. He's my employee. That's how I look at public figures. You know, like mm-hmm. this, this idolatry worship of Trump is is weird because you're 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 literally like idolizing your employee. Basically, he's yeah. not our dictator. Um, but to you know strengthen your point about you know what you were saying with uh, you know Fidel, um, you, you do look at Trump and he creates even just now while I was waiting to uh, get online with you. He, you know, he's distancing himself from a lot of world democratic world leaders, you know, Canada, he was, you know, talking shit about Trudeau, mm-hmm. you know, Mexico, you know, I guess, um, just but you know, Britain, Germany, Japan, like all these places, like he's just like creating chaos within our allies. And then the people that he is like, presumably buddy, buddy with, like you said, like with Putin, and then mm-hmm. you see, you know, uh, um, Who's the other guy? Uh, Kim Jong Un, mm-hmm. um, you know, buddy, but trying to, you know, buddy, buddy with him, and they always, it always falls on deaf ears. Like when you try to bring it up to those, you know, Trump supporters. He's strengthening our relationship with our enemies, man. But he's doing this to make a better relationship with our enemies. Yeah, to make America great. But at the same time, you're, 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 the, the, our allies, which outnumber our, our enemies. He's well, making enemies out of them. And I have family members in Canada, quite a few of us, quite a few of them. And it, they say every time we talk to them, they're like, hey, that makes you guys look super bad. Like, you know, a lot of our neighbors and stuff want nothing to do with Americans. Uh, one, a friend of the show, uh, Sam Sheeran, um, amazing artist. He always talks about, he goes, you guys just look like, you know, when I, when, when I telephone home, he goes, he, he, he talks about how dumb Americans are to his family over there in the UK. You know, I have family members in Mexico as well. They say the same thing. It's just like, oh, for years, like y'all try to make us look like the dumbasses, but you guys look super dumb, especially like where we're from, Bakersfield, where it's like a very conservative city. It's the opposite of you know <laughs> where you're living at. You know, they had this this rally um, last Saturday where they went from one end of the town all the way to the other end of town. And they called it a Trump train where you saw all these like lifted trucks, um, like tanks. I don't know how they got a tank. <laughs> yeah. Horses and buggies and whatever. And they just had like, these humongous, like Trump flags or whatever. And just universally, everybody was saying like they were running red lights. They were cutting people off. They were forcing people off the side of the road. They were spitting at cars. They were throwing bottles, beer, barrel cans and shit. 
um, you know, all in the name of Trump. And I always look at like, like behavior like that. And I'm like, that's despicable, even on the, on the left side, like, like when, you know, we had all those riots that were going on and shit. Mm-hmm. Like I get the protesters, but then there's rioters. Like I disavow those people because I'm like, okay, you're just making the move. You're de- deteriorating the movement. You know, I get while people are protesting, but to riot and shit like hurts you more than, than anything. But a lot of the people I was talking to that are conservatives here in town and whatnot, they would always be like, well, well, they're patriots. It's okay if they do that because, you know, they're doing it in the name of Trump. You know, they're trying to strengthen them. They're trying to strengthen America. And I was like, no, like that's the no. problem right there. You need to recognize what's bad and stand up against it, even if it is within your same belief system or party system or your idol, you know, like, and that's, that's what needs to stop here. And, and whether you're voting for Trump or whether you're voting for Biden, like you, you need to be able to recognize what's wrong and stand up against it. Yeah, have a civil conversation about it. Don't yell at someone. Don't violently react because they're on the other side of the other team. Like that's how you get civil war. It's the United States. Yeah. Fucking deal with it. God, be a fucking adult and stop yelling at each other. It's ridiculous. Correct. It's it's ridiculous. And that's one of the things I disagree with Alex Jones on. Like he's a big uh oh the globalists want us to you know just devalue the humans. It's like, yeah, well. Humans kind of suck, dude. Yeah, I'm do. sorry. I love people. I love my friends. I love musicians. I love artists. I love comedians. I'm a friendly person. Anyone that knows me personally knows that I am a friendly guy and I'm always there for a good fucking time. Mm-hmm. However, humans fucking suck. Oh, yeah. We, we suck. I suck as, as treating myself as a human being. I suck. I generate garbage and, and you know, bullshit that into the world i'm not really doing good for the world except for like the podcast like i i me being here is just generating more waste is what i'm saying (laughs) so i would love to evolve past that if it means technology technology is what's going to what's going to get us there then yes make Mm -hmm. us better humans so that we can be better all together not i don't agree with the whole let's do like you know we're trying to kill off all the humans maybe but will we be better? Will we be will we be something else uh, above human now when we integrate with technology? It's that Thanos knife thing again. You know, Ooh. like yeah, that just keeps coming full circle on that. It's it, over there, you can't really see it. Maybe I can aim. That whole shelf is Thanos. You can see the infinity gauntlet right there. Love it. That's all Thanos shit. That's my dude. He's misunderstood. <laughs> I think that's what makes those movies great. Is because yeah, he gets built up as it's like well, there you go, there you mm-hmm. go, baby. I love it. You just got to get colored my... in now. It's colored in. It's just uh, I'm an idiot and I get sun, oh, and okay. then like it just fades out. But yeah, there's color in there. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> we'll get a retouch. Got... <laughs> subscribe to subscribe to the Patreon so we can retouch uh, the RRBG. I'll uh, live stream it on Twitch. There you go. <laughs> got to monetize it one way or another. Well. Um, I want to I want to jump off the politi- the politics subject because I feel that it it's something that everyone's talking about. Yeah, and it and it's not going to get any better until it's over. So we've we've got a few days now. We're five days away from election day, and hopefully, you know, we don't kill ourselves in the process. That's all. That's the last thing I, I I've been telling everyone. They're like, "Who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to be president?" I'm like, "It doesn't matter who's going to win. I hope we don't go into civil war." I guess. One last thing on that too. I, I'm preparing myself for either outcome. I'm not putting all my chips in one corner or the other. 
I just want it to be over. That's all I want. I just want I want finality. It's like sitting through a bad movie. I just want it to be over because I already paid my twelve fifty and bought the big ass bucket of popcorn. I just want it to be over so I can go home and jack off. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I'm 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 also. This is the first time in my entire life that I uh, have set up like I I've plotted a kind of a prepper type of deal. I'm not prepping, but like I have a a team assembled, a team of people that I'm gonna meet up with when that I've spoken to and we have come to an agreement that, you know, if the civil war happens and society collapses and we have to rebuild, let's meet up and do it together. Okay. You know? uh, I, this is the first time like I've had people like, Oh, the, you're in California. You should prep for the earthquake, the big one. Or, you, you know, in Miami, it's always like, Oh, you should prep for the hurricane that's coming. That's going to destroy your life. I never did any of that. I kind of just dealt with it as it comes, but this is the first time ever. I'm like, eh, maybe I should have a plan. Yeah, there because you go. If thing go if things go upside down, I'm driving to Josh Barnett's house, picking him up with all of his swords and shields that he has for our army's armaments. You know what I mean? Smart idea. Yeah. And then from there we're gonna start picking up friends. Go pick up I have a buddy that welds. I already got a comedian's name is Trey. I mean he welds for a living. I'm like, you're you're gonna be useful. Come join the, the camp. You <laughs> weld together all our Mad Max cars, you know. <laughs> I have a Jeep. I have a Jeep and I have a 600 horsepower Mustang that I can add to that cavalry, okay? Fuck yeah. Well, we'll go. do it. You're part of the crew now. And I and I can make some badass fences, okay? Cuz I was mending fences before the conversation. <laughs> so, I don't build walls, but I can make a good fence, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, you know, fence is better than a wall, I guess. <laughs> anyway, um put a gate on it. I did want to talk to you about something that uh, I wanted to bring to some. I wanted to shine some light on it because okay. I know your 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 show. Uh, usually, you'll pick a topic, you know, and and you'll go with it like the comedy store ghosts or some kind of murder scene. And boy, do I have a doozy! <laughs> uh, the guitarist of the band All That Remains, Ollie Herbert. Uh, you know, the late Ollie Her Herbert. Herbert. Passed away a couple of years ago, and uh, the case is still open. Mm. It's one of those that Unsolved people just mysteries. kind of people just forgot. People just they stopped paying attention to it. Like, wait a minute, what? You know, the, the official report is that they found his body uh, outside of his house in a small pond, face down, a shallow pond, a very shallow pond, like wow. uh, up to your knees. So he didn't drown. Uh, as they say, rock. yeah. Um, and it's one of those things. I didn't know him all that well. We weren't friends, friends, but I had a lot of friends that were very close to him. And, uh, my buddy Jason and Drew specifically were with him a lot in the last couple of years before his passing, hanging out and writing music and doing, uh, they were helping him, uh, do, uh, clinics at like guitar centers and stuff where he would show up and play guitar with people and teach him always friendly uh, you know, and then once I met him, uh, immediately nice to me and, you know, conversation, we did the, we did the podcast. He was on, on the podcast and, um, you know, during the podcast, happy playing guitar the whole time, dude, it was an hour conversation of him. Like, yeah, you know, because I think that this and that, and you know, he's like, beep, 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 like the whole time, just noodling yeah. good mood. Um, he started texting me afterwards, like on Facebook and like messages and text messages. He would send me like memes, you know, and, um, send me like pictures of just like 
things that he was doing. I'm like, this is great. You know, he's a good guy. And, and then like a week after he passes away. Wow. And, and they're like, oh, you know, it could have been suicide. And I'm like, this dude was not suicide. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Not even a little. So I don't think it's suicide. And then some things start coming to light. Friends of mine that are close to him start showing me text messages of him uh, talking about divorcing his wife and how he's, you know, trying to get that done. He's trying to get the paperwork signed. He's trying to get away from her because she was abusive and uh, she would uh, yell at him all the time. And like, it was just not a healthy relationship. It was a toxic, toxic relationship. Um, and they immediately start like telling me these stuff. I'm like, you guys need to put this out there right now. What are you doing? This is, you know, we need to figure this out because there was some kind of complex, like something that they, they were talking about was that there was some kind of issue with his will, his funds. And, uh, she like a, a couple days before he passed, she transferred all of his stuff to her name. Kind of fishy. That's really fishy. Kind of suspicious. So she's transferring all his shit to her name. They're having fights that we have text messages from him explaining that he's having a fight with her, that she's yelling and that she's trying to take all his money and she's trying to take all this shit from him and he wants out and he wants to get out. And then like when the, there was a point where I think the divorce paperwork was starting to come through and he was like, stoked like oh i'm finally gonna be free from this crazy you know you know slur and 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 it was just kind of super fucking suspicious man like if your your wife is having issues with you trying to take your fun you're fighting her you're threatening to divorce her and have her lose her whole life basically at that point yeah that sounds like motive yeah and the fact that, you know, you can Google it right now and Ollie Herbert's death is still a mystery. They don't have to, they haven't figured it out. They're like, we, we found his body that way, but we don't know who killed him, you know? And, it, and what do you, and then they just kind of gave up. Like, what are you talking about? We're, we have evidence of, of things, you know, I have an entire hour conversation from a week before his passing where the dude's in great spirits, non-suicidal and, yeah. and all his friends can back this up with texts and everything else. So there's a campaign called Justice for Ollie that all the, the same people that brought all this to light uh, put together, but it's not really gone anywhere. And it's kind of baffling to me that there's no support from the police or anything about this. Wow. It's weird. It, it really reminds me of uh, Kurt Cobain, like that con- conspiracy that, you know, Courtney Love killed him. Sure. Um, and I mean, I can see that. Like yeah. when I when I hear the conspiracy, but you know there is that suicidal portion of Kurt. But on this though, like that sounds like whoa, okay, that just did not exist. And the fact that the police aren't looking at that at all is very seems really fishy too. Because let's switch the roles on that for a minute. And this is going to make me sound super sexist or whatever. But yeah, if it was the wife that wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah it'd be a lot more people interested in the case yeah and even if there wasn't all that evidence that you were saying or motive you know on that direction it, automatically the the husband's always the first person that they looked at 
you know, my girlfriend, she always was watching like those first 24 or first 48 shows and whatnot or Dateline yeah. and shit. And that's always the thing. Well, they looked at the boyfriend. They looked at the husband. They looked at, you know, the ex-boyfriend. Like that is always the first person of interest. But for some reason, like they're not looking at her it, when you do have like substantial motive here for that. that. That's that's weird to me. I would wonder, does she have like any hookups like in, in the in that, that, that area's police department or something? It's possible, uh, you know, and if you want to venture off mentally and think of ideas, it's like, you know, is it is there a possibility that there was some other man in her life and that's why they were having so much trouble? And is that guy connected to anything that's protecting her? Those possibly. kinds of things. Uh, but at this moment, there's just nothing. There's nothing. And it, and it's weird, man. And I've told my buddies, you know, there's I've, I've had ideas that I want to do, um, but it's hard. I mean, I don't have the funding. I mean, I could maybe kickstart it mm-hmm. or something, but I also don't feel like I should be fucking spearheading this project because I didn't know him all that well. Again, Correct. I met him near the last few months of his life. So I feel like other people should be taking charge. Like I know that the singer of all that remains. And that's the other thing. If this was just some dude, then I understand maybe it just kind of going by the wayside, but he was a guitar player in a very famous band. Mm-hmm. All yeah. that remains was very popular. Yeah. And he dies and it's just kind of like, eh, move along. Like, what? <laughs> so I think uh, somebody from his band, somebody from his family, maybe his close friends, we should get together. My first idea was let's do a tribute album, mm-hmm. right? Let's get a bunch of buddies to record covers and pay tribute to him to raise money so that we can then maybe use that money to do a documentary. Correct. Put something together to shine a light on this potential murder uh, so we can get to the bottom of it, man. So some of his friends can get peace, Correct. you know, because it's kind of fucked up. His family, too. I can only imagine. I mean, I just had a, you know, a baby and like your life kind of changes a little bit, you know, where I mean, I st- I'm still an asshole. Like, I'm, it's not all those Goo Goo Gaga things yet, you know, but I think of things off the cuff where it's just like wow if i was ever to lose him like i would not want to live anymore and i can Mm -hmm. only imagine like his father or mother you never want to outlive your children i don't know what his relationship with his parents was but like doesn't matter dude it doesn't doesn't matter matter. yeah Yeah. like having that 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 cold case on your child like that's that's a pain that they'll take to their grave you know yeah whenever that if if they're if they haven't passed already because i'm not too close like i said i'm not familiar with his parents but yeah sister brother's cousin like whoever it is it's bullshit man it's bullshit that that's gone that just gone like that and i if i could and i get permission from his friends and family then i'll do it i'll help as much as i can because the dude was nothing but nice to me and uh, and from what i hear from everybody else he was nothing but nice to everybody else too so it just seems kind of fucked up and i think something should be done where they bring that to some light at least a documentary it seems that those documentaries seem to help like the 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 epstein one came out and shit started going down so yeah i'm okay with that it's whatever people um whatever grabs people conscious or grabs people attention you know and i think that's what we have to have i mean even with the tiger king documentary Mm -hmm. with the carol baskin thing about her husband i mean they reopened that case and started looking right. at her because she had motive as well that she right. could have murdered her husband. And those, those children, the children of uh, her husband, you know, for decades were asking for that justice. 
and it just you just got to take it takes that that public attention on something that pr for it to grab you know whoever the prosecutor or police department is like okay we got to make this a priority i mean i grew up a humongous tupac Shakur fan and for like a decade and a half it just seemed like okay there was nothing to it you know like oh we're, we're not going to spend any energy trying to solve it until like hey like everybody just kept throwing it out there where you do you have an idea of who you know killed you know both you know the notorious big and tupac they are interconnected unfortunately the people that they do almost unanimously believe killed them they have already died but if they would have given this proper attention during the during that period of of mourning then maybe they would have caught these individuals and justice may have been served you know as opposed to just like well they're dead so uh there's nothing we can do about it man we'll just wash your hands to it and like that's that's the unfortunate thing when it comes to things like cold cases it's just like and i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the the area the neighborhood of where he lived was very small mm -hmm. the police presence there is probably very small it's right. just fascinating to me that you know yeah maybe that's the case but also it, he wasn't just a nobody right this i i don't know for a fact if he had a grammy but i know that they were definitely well known yeah they were well known and 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 just weird so hopefully you know me talking about this now and i know it's been a couple of years since it happened but it's just because i was expecting something to happen nothing's happened so you know it, it, i hope that talking about it maybe get, raises some eyebrows at least get some people to look into it and like i said if i don't and i'm not i would love to do the the, the tribute album and and the documentary and not for any kind of selfish reason. I don't want to make money off of it. If any money is made, I will give it to the family, right. whoever his family is at, you know, not the wife, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's dude. And, and also just how my friends that knew him um, were very vocal. Like they were on social media, like this woman needs to get what's coming to her. This is like, right. They, they were convinced they're convinced a hundred percent that she murdered him so it's just kind of you know and there was some really fishy shit on social media like she jumped on his social media when he passed and like was fighting people and That's like super and like she, courtney love too yeah and then they like, deleted some stuff and then like got aggressive and it's just like you're not making yourself look any better no I mean... you know i that's that's a fucking mindfuck. I'm going to have to look a lot look, deeper. Look into, into it. Anybody listening, look into it. Look for justice for Ollie, Ollie Herbert's guitarist of All That Remains and his untimely un, un unsolved murder or death, whatever. I mean again, I'm not going to say 100% she killed him. I don't know that. Um but it's just very suspicious and all of the 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 evidence and all of the stuff that we have kind of points in that direction. It's like we were talking about earlier in the show with, you know, Joe Rogan, you know, fact checking Alex Jones recently on his podcast. Like we need that vetting. Like we need her to answer some questions against those facts like that. I mean, even if she, you know, goes to trial, she, you know, they find her innocent. You know, we still need to have that peace of mind knowing like, okay, we've looked at everything that we can look at, you know, vetted it properly. And, you know, we can conclusively conclude, I don't even know if that's proper terminology, you know that she is no longer a suspect but just to kind of leave it out in the air like that that's it's just a bad look you know? if i were her i would want that 
Correct. I would want to be cleared. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I 100% did not do this. That You want that in your life. You don't want that shit kind of just... Eh. Yeah, to live on forever in lore, you know? And then what if she passes? Like, that's her legacy now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? So I get you on that, so... It's weird, man. It's Jesus a weird one. Christ. But, yeah. you know, I figured it would be good to bring it up here because you guys, like, you like, you like some murder mysteries. Oh, yeah. We solved a bunch of them, man. I, I mean, I'm, I don't know why I haven't gotten a medal yet or anything. No, I, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm yeah. like, but I mean, it's, it's fortunately and unfortunately it's what's in Vogue, you know, and those episodes, they take a lot out of you. I remember uh, there's an episode we did. It's called who put Bella in the witch elm. I believe that's what it's called, but it's about a lady. Most likely it was a prostitute um, where they found her. They found a skeleton of her. These three boys found a skeleton within the hollow hollowness of the, this old, like witchy looking tree. And, you know, there's all this lore around it, like, oh, she was a prostitute to Hitler and like all this like crazy lore about it. But when it actually when you look at all the facts, when you vet it all out, like there was a shady dude that lived within that property that would, you know, kidnap and murder prostitutes and whatnot. And it goes to what I was saying as well, where it's just like those people had no justice because, you know, this guy has been dead for like a day or a century now. And, you know, yeah, they were prostitutes or whatever, and they were probably estranged from their families. But again, it doesn't matter, you know, as a, as a parent, you know, if, you know, your child, you know, ventures off in life and becomes, you know, a lady of the night or whatever, and then just mysteriously just disappears and dies. Like you're going to want that justice still, like no matter what, at one point they were an innocent child. And like, to me, like that was a mind fuck in itself where it's just like, God damn, this person's body was just rotting in this tree for a decade or two and nobody just knew where she ever was at and then her killer passes away without ever facing any kind of you know you know uh, prosecution or anything like that it's just it's sad and those that those episodes that we try to space them out <laughs> just because it, it is really heavy because yeah. you, you get emotionally invested into these people and it's only the proper way to do these episodes you know, I, I can sit here and tell dick and fart jokes, you know, all I want. But yeah. That's disrespecting, you know, the story, sure. you know, and I think that's why we do love. I do love doing those episodes. But at the same time, it's just like, all right, next episode, we got to talk about sports, baby. Or we got <laughs> we got to <laughs> yeah. talk about something else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is dark times 2020. We got to yeah. keep things light. But, you know, I, I feel uh, confident that, you know, I wasn't trying to bring anybody down with the, the story oh, of Ollie, no. but uh, it, it just it just seems important and also kind of you know weird. So yeah. I, I figured we should talk about that. Um, and you know, keep your heads up and pay attention and and absorb information from all different angles because there's a lot of people go back to that case a little bit, but friends of hers that are like, oh, she's. They loved each other and they were in love. And, uh, you know, there's no way she would have done that because he loved her and she loved him. And I'm like, he didn't love her, man. I have text messages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, So you got to make sure you're able to accept uh, information from different sources that may sound contradictory to whatever it is that you are believing. in. Yeah. I always I, to get to, to back that up again. I always use it's called the pin analogy. And I 
I'd like to think I made it up. I don't know. I probably heard it like from a teacher somewhere, some way when I was smoking weed in high school and I probably forgot them, but it's the pen analogy where it's just like, I wish I had a pen in front of me, but we'll just make this, uh, let's say that I have a Sharpie. There you go. You got a, you got a pen right there in your hand. What you're looking at right now is you're looking at, you know, the, you know, the, the clip and it has some writing on it. Let's just say it says Bic on there. And that's your perspective of what the truth about that pen is. Now, the opposite side of it is it's blank. There's nothing on there at all. Like, you know, there's just, it's just a black pen. Now, if I was to sit here on my angle and just be like, hey, yo, there, there's writing on this pen. There's a, you know, this nice clip you can use to put in your shirt or, you know, you can put it in your pants pocket and never lose it or whatever. And then you could say, well, no, no, from my perspective, this is just a blank pen. I don't see anything like that that's on the other side of that pen. I don't see no writing or whatever. It's just blank and bland and nothing, nothingness is on there. But it takes that maturity and that willingness to look at whoever go like this their perspective from the other side to see all angles of the truth both people are telling the truth but you can't just dig your heels in and say that no that pin is blank or no that pin has has a special clip on it and whatever like you have to be able to look at each perspective and come to your own form of the truth because there's like everyone always says there's his side there's her side and then there's the truth Nah, bro. Fuck you. My truth is me. My side. <laughs> my pen has a clip. I don't give a fuck what you see. <laughs> Blank. Yeah, it's 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 true, man. It's a it's a silly time, and I'm hoping that the the what I'm hoping for and and at the end of the election is not for any particular candidate because they're both old senile puppets. But I I I want us to just be over this shit. Me too. This this bullshit. You're allowed to be who you are, and, and I'm allowed to be who I am, and let's just live united as we're supposed to. It's right. it's ridiculous. I don't need to fit into your party. I don't need to fit into your narrative of, of which side of the story you want me on. And 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 I have, like I said, I have so many friends that hit me up with different perspectives that I just, I I'm like, dude, that's cool. Good for you, man. Good mm-hmm. for you. I'm hoping that you listen to my side too. And if not, oh well. Can I do? Can't help you. I you can't can just, help you. You can only do you, and you can only be the best version of you that you can be. Because at exactly. the end of the day, that's all we got is, is ourselves. I can't dictate what Eddie does on his podcast, and it's already hard enough to motivate myself to to keep producing shit. To have to then also be worried about what you what you think I should be producing. You know what I mean? That's that's a whole other level now. Like obviously, when I when I'm creating things i wanted i wanted uh people to appreciate it but i'm also not catering it like i'm not making it for a specific audience right mm-hmm. i'm just doing what i want to do and hopefully can connect to it uh and and that goes with the music i've done or 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 with you know the podcast or any future things like i don't really have a, an agenda you know what i mean i'm not here to push somebody's message i'm just trying to have a good time with people do cool shit with cool people. I think that's the, the thing that, that people should be focusing on. That's Just do cool episode. shit. That's the name of the episode, doing cool shit with cool people. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I do, man. And, and, and I've, I'm, from my experience, I've, uh, I think I've achieved everything I've set myself out to achieve and, and I'm enjoying what I'm doing. It makes me feel good to connect with other people and connect them together and and have something come out of that like what i did with uh 
I brought out Jeremiah Watkins to go hang out with DJ Lethal. Like, oh, sick. those are two people, two different worlds of mine, you know, music and comedy, and just kind of bring it together and like to see what happens. And they had fun. Everybody jammed. We had a good time. That's all. That's really all we should be doing is like, hey, let's, how do we, let's figure shit out so that you and you and I can get together and do something cool because, uh, all this fighting and bickering and like, oh, my side's right. And my, my guy is, you know, he's a real man and you're a pussy. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, how is that productive in any way with anything, any, in anything, any genre, any industry? Like how, when is that ever a good thing? Like you're a bitch. Like (laughs) killer Mike Mike has a great quote and I'm going to fucking paraphrase the shit out of it because I'm not as eloquent as Killer Mike, but Killer Mike has a quote where he says, we're just all arguing, well, y'all are just arguing over who has the better fucking master. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, who has the better slave master? And like, yeah. that that just hit the fucking nail on the head for me. It's just like, correct. Like, that's exactly right. Because at the end of the day, like I was saying earlier, like, these guys aren't our dictators. They're not our dads. They're not, you know, they're not, they're not anything, but they're there to serve us. They're our employees we need to start looking at like that what what they can do for what can brown do for you you know that's what they need to that's the way we need to start looking at politicians not as like okay this is you know my idol you know which is a sin if you if you're going to say you're a conservative christian like you need to realize that that's part of the ten commandments is like thou shall not have any other god before me but it's ridiculous, you know, and like, I appreciate people like you, Jeremiah Watkins, for those who don't know, he's on Kill Tony, and he's part of the band, super talented guy, super funny guy, super great musician, DJ Lethal, you know, House of Pain, Limp Biscuit, you know, ignore Limp Biscuit, but, <laughs> but, you know, just, or not, man, you can be, you are free to enjoy your limp. Yeah, and I love, I love that they those two worlds met, you know, because it's like, yeah, of course they should, you know, like that just sounds badass. And who knows what awesomeness is going to come out of that. And hey, if nothing comes out of it, we had a really good time that night. That's yeah. it. That worst case scenario right there. Right. right. Yeah. We had so. a fun night. We made a memory uh, and, and met, like actually to quote Jeremiah, I just had him on the podcast and he said this himself. He was like, memories are free. And you can you can have them. They're free to have. So why not make more? That's they don't awesome. cost you. They don't cost you anything. Yeah, I'd rather have memories like that than memories of me arguing with somebody on Facebook about Donald Trump. Right, right, <laughs> right. Oh, you communists! Like, what the? How is that healthy? You know what you need in your life is some jujitsu. Yeah, some jujitsu. Some elk meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of jalapenos and put some, some DMT. And throw some El Yucateco on it. Oh, yeah. So you can have some DMT with El Yucateco. I, I honestly, you know, a lot of people will, I think, maybe, hopefully, start thinking this way. That's it. That's all I hope for. Yeah. I, I hope that people start being productive and, and, and welcoming and not as aggressive because we are going to wipe each other out. That's what's yeah. Gonna happen. And the robots are going to take over and Terminator 2 is going to be a reality. And guess what, bro? I'm going to sign that waiver over to the robots. I'm part of that (laughs) team, dude. Give me robot legs. Give me my robot shoulders. I'm in. Plug me in. Hell yeah. Give me the the neural link. Come on. I can't wait. I'm not going to get... I'm not going to get the first wave because I always wait on technology a little bit, except for consoles. For some reason or another, video game consoles, I always do day one and then I regret it. I'm always like, (laughs) fly the fuck and then I wait for the, the better version 
but everything else i usually like i wait because you're gonna fix it and make it better i know you are so i'm in for Neuralink, but maybe not the first wave i don't like the idea of having an opening with like a see-through piece of plastic when you figure out how to make it so that there's no opening i'm in there you go i'm in I need it the same color as my hair. It's like a yeah. chocolate brown. So I don't have hair, so it's a problem. <laughs> like I need to have, I need it to not look like a weird hole in my head. I don't like that. It's like um, a, it's like a skin patch you just put on there and shit. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna wear a wig. So like, if you can figure out how to make my hair grow back using the Neuralink, like if you put it in and then it grows my hair back, okay, fine. I'm oh, in. there you go. That's version 2.0 right there. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in for that. But yeah, dude, I can't wait. I'm not, I'm, I, again, I love humans. I love people. There you go. But we need upgrades. We're old. We're, 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 we're ragged. I'm ragged because I grew up in a weird time when people didn't give a shit. Like my mom was giving me McDonald's and Twinkies and shit like that. And so, like, no matter how healthy and how, how much exercise I give myself and how, how much water I drink and eat veggies. There's still a good 10 years of McDonald's inside of me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've always said this, that um, if Taco Bell was never invented, you'd be looking at, you know, Brad Pitt 2.0 over here because I, I, you, I didn't know this until like I started to try to get all healthy and shit. But like the meat in Taco Bell meat, it has a lot of um, sand, soy in it and soy's properties, you know, contain a lot of estrogen and that's what gives you man boobs. And, you know, like when you look at all the fat that's on me, it's all right here in the man boob area and right here in the love handle area. And that's exactly like what the soy that is in Taco Bell meat uh, does to your ass. So if it was never invented, I'd be like Brad Pitt and once upon a time in uh, Hollywood when he takes off his shirt and shit. That's what you'd be looking at. So I apologize, Hart <laughs> and Jacob, do America fans. Uh, but anyways, Eddie, thank you so much for coming back on. I fucking love you, dude. Like, I love your podcast. First and foremost, you know, I love you as a person. Second, I love your podcast. It's one of those things where, you know, you know, you get the alert like, oh shit, I got a new fighter in the kid episode. Oh shit, I got a new RRB rock and roll beer guy, you know, episode to look forward to. It's always it's always a treat to see who you have on. So um with that said, do you want to go ahead and shout out, you know, any of uh, your future episodes that you got coming up? Oh man, yeah. So um I'm currently editing down the Jesse Hughes episode, which is probably gonna get me canceled. Um <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding, it's not that bad. Uh, it is it is interesting though, but Jesse Hughes from Death uh, Eagles of Death Metal. Uh, I've got Jessica Pimentel uh, from Orange Is the New Black and Alkin's Gun uh, already recorded, so that'll be after Jesse Hughes. Uh, I've got an episode with Eric Stolhans er, Stolhansky, as he said it, Eric Stolhansky of Broken Lizards, uh, Super Troopers, Beer Fest. Um, he's on. I got Jeremiah Watkins coming up as well, already recorded. So. I'm at this point where I'm four or five episodes behind. I'm dropping one a week. Sometimes I increase it when it starts building up too much. I start increasing the drops and do two a week, mm-hmm. but I try not to do that. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to run out of episodes. Well, well uh, we got the holidays coming up. So that's why uh, I I'm trying to like knock out as many episodes as possible. Cause I know there's going to be a situation where art's not going to be here. So it's just yeah. like, I gotta, I gotta get some in the can just in case, man. Cause Y'all don't want to hear a fucking solo uh, Jacob podcast at all, man. There's gonna be a lot of ums and <laughs> and shit like that. I'm I'm like I'm like Alex Jones when when I get by myself. So you don't want to hear uh, that. Oh, uh, all the globalists. Uh, yeah, all the gay frogs. <laughs> Bohemian Grove. 
dude he's uh, actually a funny person when he's not talking about like crazy shit like what he's when, like when he's trying to get joe rogan to stop being sober for sober yeah. october <laughs> you're joe need, come on need, joe drink shut up and drink <laughs> we need to get you high joe rogan i i feel like joe rogan you want to fight me right now like i want to see that i want to see fucking drunk alex jones fight a fucking sober joe rogan be that, that would be great. his favorite thing in the whole world is to get take a shirt off and oil wrestle rogan <laughs> drunk uh, i mean <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I got those episodes coming up on the RRBG. I'm working on uh, Punisher Patrol. Uh, it's a new show I'm trying to put together uh, where I talk to I talk about Punisher stories from musicians and, and anybody in the entertainment business where they share a story of like a, a true like a stan is what they call it in, in other worlds. But a stan, a Punisher, a fanboy, a fangirl, whatever, uh, just any kind of super cringy story that just to get it out, you know. And also to provide some advice to people that may be a fan that, you know, don't be weird. <laughs> don't be weird about it. Yeah, you know, we're all humans. Just talk to each other and act normal. Um, so there's that show. Um, may or may not be working on something with Frank Castillo. That's kind of just conversations at this point, but should be something in the works soon with that. And then I'm, I'm just trying to get my TV show um uh, Put together so i can pitch it you know i'm trying to i i'm i have a pilot that i filmed with alex from three teeth oh, and wow. uh the episode that i'm doing with dj lethal um something that we've been working on for a few weeks and it's not I, it started off as like hey be on the podcast be a guest on the podcast and now it's kind of evolving into maybe this will just be a pilot for the tv show uh just to have you know the idea is to be hanging out with the, the guest for a day and we do things we'll go eat go to the brewery go to a, an event thing you know kind of like a travel type show where it's me talking to guests in each city like i'll go to chicago and hang out with somebody out there i'll go to virginia hang out with dave witty and the municipal waste guys and you know do something cool like that so that's what i've got going on that and my day job so i'm busy as hell Sweet. I, you just blew my mind right there. Fucking the dude from three teeth. Like, I love that guy. That guy's fucking unintentionally hilarious in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Alex is a good dude, man. Yeah. So um, with that said, speaking of, you know, to piggyback off your story about, you know, bringing worlds together, I'm glad we can bring my world together with you. Um, you are officially a proud member of the pod belly network guys. If you like this episode and you want to hear more great episodes, please make sure you go to podbelly.com and check out other great podcasts such as our sisters at the We're Not Sure Yet podcast. They do a lot of similar things as us. They're like, think of us, think of them as like Art and Jacob do America, but just girls and a lot younger. So they do almost the same thing as us. They got Robots for Eyes as well as the RRBG podcast. You know, again, like I said, no, no shit. I'm not trying to jerk you off right here, but legitimately every time I see that episode pop up, from you i always like oh can't wait to listen to this so uh make sure you check eddie out there shout out to both of our sponsors el yucateco hot sauce guys the kings of flavor since 1968 that is 50 plus years of flavor town so anything anybody's been doing anything for 50 years you know it's good so go to any store across america you will find them. one last thing uh one little uh, addition to what i got going on i got some stuff coming up with uh Warmaster. Oh, that's beautiful. I think I know uh, what it is. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to announce anything officially yet with anybody, uh, but Warmaster and I are definitely working on a Warmaster gear. Hell so, yeah. details to come. <laughs>
but that is something that I'm working on as so make sure you check that out so make sure you follow us on all the social medias at Art Jacob Do America YouTube subscribe there go to our Patreon go to our T Public, buy our merch go to Please. our Twitch go, yes. to, go to our Twitch as well where we were live streaming well, I forgot to hit the, the stream button here on this episode but usually you'll be able to see us on Twitch every single week go comment and hang out with us on there um, as well as Eddie I'm sure he's got all the same things you got where can they find you out on social media sir at RRBG Podcast. That's two R's, a B, and a G. It stands for Rock and Roll Beer Guy. It used to be the Rock and Roll Beer Guy Podcast. I decided to call it RRBG just because people were getting weirded out about the beer. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, RRBG on all the things. Twitch, uh, YouTube. Actually, please subscribe to the YouTube. We're getting close to getting monetized. We're very oh, close. Yeah. So a couple subs away from getting that and... Yeah, all our videos, every episode's on the YouTube, and if it doesn't have video, it will. I'll still have a video up with the graphic of the artist, and then you can hear the episode. Some people can't figure out how to zoom, uh, so I just do audio with them. But everything's on YouTube, Twitch, Instagram. Uh, I don't really use Twitter, so don't worry about that. But Instagram and uh, all that. Subscribe, please. <laughs> so with that said, everybody, have a beautiful night. Try me on.